In the moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we're all going to be changed. We're going to be caught up together with Him. To be with Him forever and ever. So this is what they've been talking about the last days for centuries. Well, if you look at all of the prophecies that have been fulfilled, you will clearly understand and see that there's just a couple more left to be fulfilled. He's coming. Are you ready? Are you prepared to meet your maker? Have you done all that the Lord has asked you to do? You know, we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And we'll all be held accountable for our works done in the flesh. But that judgment seat of Christ in the Greek is bima. And for those that are born of God, it's the reward seat. Where the Lord rewards you for the works that you have done while here on earth. We don't have any time to waste. It is closer than you realize. We could be out of here before this service is over with. So I want to encourage you, don't be unaware. His hand is upon you. He's been wooing some of you for decades and decades to come to Him and to make Him your Lord and your Savior. You know, you think about how much you love your children and maybe how much you love your grandchildren. Well, multiply that by billions and billions of times to just know how much the Lord loves you. Has He not been there for you? Has He not showed mercy toward you? The Bible says that His tender mercies, they're over all His works. Thank God. How many of you know there's a harvest to reap in these days? There are people that are outside of these walls that don't know Christ, but we do. And we can be a witness for Him. You know, one of the things that the Lord impressed me recently is, and you may be seated, is from the book of Psalms where He said, Ask of me... And I will give you the nations for your inheritance. Now what does that, what does that mean? The word inheritance there means your heritage or a testimony. When you ask the Lord for souls, when you ask the Lord for people to come across your path, that you can tell them about Christ, whatever nationality they're from, whether they be from the east or the west, the north or the south, whatever continent they're from, that's part of the ethnos. That's part of the nations of the earth. And did you know that we have the nations right here in the San Francisco Bay Area? We have nations represented right here in this room. We have people from Africa, people from the Philippines. How many of you are from a different country? Raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Look there. Brother, where are you from? In the second row from the back. Yes. You're from Fiji. Amen. Glory to God. Anybody else from a different nation, different country? Way in the back, one of our ushers. Where are you from? Nigeria. Amen. How many of you are have a heritage from the Philippines? Raise your hand. Look at there. Amen. What a wonderful blessing. God so loved the world. God so loved the nations that He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever would believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. How many folks from South America or Central America do we have here today? Raise your hand. Praise the Lord. And so we have here, right in this room, a representation of a representation of several nations. 
And there's so much that God wants to do in this little sliver of time that we have left here on planet Earth. And so I call all of you to a greater awareness of the coming of the Lord. I call on all of you to be prepared in your heart for the trumpet to sound. Say with me, he's coming soon. And I like the old song, soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us who are of the light cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us put on the armor of God. Let us have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So that we may transmit the goodness of God. That we may transmit his love and his anointing. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we approach this message today, I give you the praise. I give you the glory for speaking to each and every one of us. Lord, I'm asking you for clarity and utterance, Lord. May the eyes of our hearts be flooded with light. May our spirit men be strengthened with might. And we glorify you today in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. So I'm going to speak to you this morning on the subject that you have an inheritance. Say that with me. I have, I have an inheritance. So what is an inheritance? Well, one definition of inheritance is possession, it's property. In other words, it, was, it is what belongs to you. In Galatians, the fourth chapter, in verses 4 through 7, it says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth His Spirit of His Son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father, or Daddy, Daddy. Now notice this verse. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, an heir of God through Christ. The message translation says in verse 7, If you're a child, you are also an heir, with complete access to the inheritance. I like that, don't you? As a child of God, you have complete access access to your inheritance. And somebody says, well, what is this inheritance? We're going to talk a little bit about that. But in a general sense, your inheritance is the full scope of God's provision that encompasses everything. Everything you'll ever need in your heart, in your mind, in your body, everything that you would need financially, emotionally, and even socially. And so the question is this, what is an heir? An heir is one who receives an inheritance by right of birth. Gloria Copeland said it this way, You were born into the royal family that owns and operates the universe. In Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry what? Everyone say, Daddy, Daddy. The Spirit Himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, pay attention, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. I love that phrase, joint heir. In the Greek, joint heir literally means this, one who is in union with an inheritor. When you got born again, you were joined to the Lord. We sang about it. I am who I am because the I am says who I am. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. And being one spirit with him, you become a joint 
heir to all that belongs to him. In the Amplified, it says this. Let's read together. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Sharing what? Sharing his inheritance with him. In other words, all that he is and all that he has is yours. Because you are in him and he is in you, the hope of glory. From the book of Ephesians chapter 2, Paul put it like this in verse 6 and 7. He raised you up together with him and made us sit down together with us, with him, giving us joint seating with him. Say with me, I have joint Now, don't stop there. I have joint seating with him. I didn't say I have a joint. (coughs) No, I have joint seating with him, the head of the church, in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ. He did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come Now notice this, the immeasurable, the limitless, the surpassing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor in his kindness and his goodness of heart toward us in Christ Jesus. I just stopped by this morning to tell you that you have an inheritance and this inheritance is immeasurable. It is limitless. And it is surpassing. And because this inheritance is limitless, we must not limit him. We must not limit the Holy One of Israel. Yeah, but I was brought up a certain way and I was taught this and I was taught that. How many of you need to know that you need to let go of some of the things that you were taught when you were brought up? Because if what you were taught doesn't line up with the B-I-B-L-E, we need to forget what we were taught and come into the school of faith and open our hearts to a new teaching and a new way of thinking and a new way of life. It's limitless. Don't limit God to your job. Don't limit God to where you're living right now. Don't limit God to what you're driving right now. Don't limit God to your present circumstance. God is big. God is great. And He wants us to expand on the inside and believe Him for the impossible and believe Him for His goodness to be manifest in our life. Woo! Glory to God. Well, I've done it again. I've already preached myself happy. Your inheritance includes everything that you will ever need. Well, I thank God what so-and-so has, and I thank God what so-and-so has. Well, thank God for it, but you have what they have. You have the ability. You have been qualified to share in this inheritance. He's given us exceeding great and precious promises that by these promises we may obtain everything that we need in this life and in the life to come. Your inheritance belongs to you right now. Colossians chapter 1, in verse 12 through 13, it says, Giving thanks to the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of what? I want you to become inheritance-minded this morning. That you have an inheritance. Well, nobody ever left me anything in my family, but you're now in a new family. I'm telling you what, that'll preach. They fought over what was left. You don't have to fight over anything. Jesus already fought the fight for you. And all you've got to do is receive your inheritance that belongs to you. Notice, the inheritance of the saints in light. You're in the light. You're no longer living in darkness. You're no longer a sinner saved by grace. You are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are in the light. As a matter of fact, you are the light of the world. 
this inheritance of the saints in light who has delivered you from the power of darkness and has translated you into the kingdom of his dear son. Now I want you to pay particular attention to that word meat. It says he has made us meat to partake. Now that word meat there means to enable. It means to qualify. It means to make you able. And it also means he's equipped you to partake. I like the Amplified where it says, He has qualified us and made us fit. Say it with me, I'm fit. fit. He's made you fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints in light. I just got to shout it. I just got to say it. I just got to encourage you this morning that you are equipped. That you are qualified. To partake of your full inheritance. You are able. Come on, somebody say, I'm able. I'm fit. I'm qualified. To partake of my inheritance. The Apostle Paul said something very, very meaningful in Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. This was his departure from these people. He knew that he would never say him again. And the last things he said to them were of utmost importance. In Acts 20, verse 32, he says, And now, brothers, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able... I need a little help up in here. What is the word of God able to do? It doesn't say the Word of God will bum you out. It doesn't say the Word of God will drain you. It doesn't say the Word of God will condemn you. But this life-changing, alive Word of the living God is going to build you up. And if there's anything that we need in this time, is we need to be built up. Because built up people will go build other people up. It'll build you up. That's what God's word will do. That's what it's doing for you right now. If you need to be built up where healing is concerned, get in the word. Find out what God's word says concerning your healing. If you need to be built up in the area of prosperity, get in the word. If you need to build up With your self-identity, get in the Word and find that you're a new self. You're a new creation. You are complete in Him, an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, get in the Word. Look at your other neighbor and say, and stay in the Word. And now I commend you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up, but not only that, and give you what? And give you an inheritance among all those who are set apart. I love it, don't you? The Amplified says, and give you your rightful inheritance. I believe the Father is pleased with you. And I believe that part of his great pleasure is to say this to us today. I'm offering you right now your inheritance. Here's my peace. Here's my joy. Here's my provision. Here's my grace. Here's my healing. Now take it. Take it. Receive it. Put your hands out like mine. Say, I take it. And I receive it. You see, what is written in this word reveals what you inherit. Amen. It's rightfully yours because you're part of the family of God. Now, just imagine for a minute. I like this imagination. Imagine your parents were billionaires. 
You'd be really foolish if you never took time to read their will after they died. Why? Because you wouldn't benefit from what rightfully belongs to you. And you and I are part of God's family. I said we're part of God's family. It is the Father and His family. It is the Father and His La Familia. Amen. We're part of God's family. And all of the family privileges come along with that. Including your full inheritance. Say with me, I have an inheritance. Oh, say it again real strong. I have an inheritance. Ephesians 1.11 says that we have obtained an inheritance. Another translation says, because you're united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. Paul praying for the church at Ephesus. One of the three things that he prayed that their eyes that are understanding would be flooded with light. One of them was this, that you would realize how rich and glorious the inheritance that he's given to his people. You see, God wants us to know what's available to us. He wants you to receive your inheritance. And to do that, you must read the will. Gloria Copeland said it like this. She said, we have to get into the reading of the will and find out what belongs to us and receive it. How many of you know that God's will is found in His Word? And I'll say it like this. The Word of God is your title deed to your inheritance. And so what happens when we read, when we meditate, when we believe it, when we declare it, we're accessing our inheritance by faith. Raise your Bible up right now or your device. And say this with me. This is is His last will, will, His testimony, testimony, and His testimony, His desire for me. (laughs) Hallelujah. You see, when Jesus died, everything God willed to you became accessible. I just got to say it today. You are not just a church member. You are not just taking up space today. You are an heir of God and you are a joint heir with Jesus. Now, sadly, most Christians spend most of their time wrestling with who they were and very little time talking about who they are now. But that's not you. I said, that's not you. I believe this with all my heart is time for us to cry, Abba, Father. Come on, say it three times. Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Abba, Father. And then rest. Rest in this blessed assurance that He provides for His children. Things like peace of mind. Things like prosperity. Things like joy. Things like promotion. What are they? They're just the children's bread. Folks, I want to remind you that the blessings of God are yours. But they don't come upon you automatically. They come upon you because of your relationship with Him. It's because you have a vital union and communion with your Heavenly Father. We do not chase the blessing. We chase the blessor. We don't run after the healing. We run after the healer. We don't run after the provision. We run after the provider. And oh, what a provider he is. Oh, what a great reward he has. For his sons and his daughters. He has great rewards. And he has great compensation for those who will put him first. Hallelujah. 
Has the Lord ever done something good for you? What about the rest of you? Maybe because I was over on that side. Has the Lord ever done something really good for you? Hallelujah. You know why he does that? Because he's good. Because he's your father. Because he loves you. Oh, what a provider he is. Amen. I've seen him provide in this church the last 40, 41 years. We came here in 1982 with not very much money at all. But look what the Lord has done for you in this place. He's good. And all he wants for you and me is to walk on his path and to follow his plan for our lives. Brenda did a tremendous job on the offering today and she talked about the value of trust. If you will trust him and you will obey him and you will walk with him, you will position yourself for abundant provision and abundant compensation. Now, how many of you have ever had days in your life, in your family, where it didn't look like you were going to make it through the month? We have three honest people. Anybody ever been there? So I said, what you talking about, Pastor? I'm there right now. But have you noticed that you have been there before and you have made it before over and over and over again? Why is that? Because God is faithful and he loves you and he is your provider. And all he's looking for is a vital relationship with his sons and with his daughters. Oh, trust him. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, the other day I was looking at some things. You know, you got to be careful what you look at. Are you listening to me? You got to be careful what you think about. That's why the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, looking unto Jesus, for he is the author and the finisher of our faith. When you look unto Jesus, you've got to consider his word. Because Jesus and his word are one. But the other day, I got to looking at the wrong thing. I got to looking at the deficit. I got to looking at the red. And the Lord corrected me overnight. Anybody ever been corrected overnight? Thank God His mercies are new every morning. You know, sometimes the best thing you can do is get a good night's sleep. Don't lay in your bed tossing and turning, worrying about this and worrying about that. Cast your care over on the Lord. He is the great caretaker. He is the great provider. He is El Shaddai, the God who is more than more than enough. Woo! Glory to God. So I'm with you. I'm in agreement with you. And I'm prophesying over your life abundance. I'm prophesying over your life promotion. I'm prophesying over your life increase. I'm prophesying over your life. Great, great and glorious things are coming your way. (coughs) Amen. And I'm excited about it. So the next morning... What I did is I rolled it over on the Lord. I rolled the weight of, the care of, the anxiety of, the ministry and its finances completely over on Him. And then I said, Lord, I trust you. I'm confident that you who have begun a good work here at Heart of the Bay, you will perform it. You will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And then once you give things to the Lord, you need to talk to Him about what your part in then, in it is in then. That doesn't make sense. What your part is in it is what I'm trying to say. Because the Bible says, be careful for what? Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But notice it says, but in everything, by what? Prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. So I prayed, I thanked the Lord, and I have received. 
The wisdom of God is there. The peace of God is there. And I'm good to go another decade or two. Hallelujah. And so don't think because I stand up here behind this pulpit that I don't have fights. I have to fight the good fight of faith for this ministry like you've got to fight the good fight of faith for your family. Come on, somebody. Don't think because I'm looking all handsome this morning and my wife is looking all fine that we don't have to cast down imaginations. Amen? Thank God we can cast them down. And you must cast them down. Stop thinking about the problem. Start, stop dwelling on the circumstances and dwell on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we're not chasing after the blessings. We're chasing after him. Someone wrote a book, Thomas, 10 years ago. We're God chasers. We're seekers first of the kingdom of God. His way of being and doing right. And all of these things shall be added unto us. I believe that the Father God today is saying this to us. Sons and daughters, come to the table. Come to the table. Come to the table and partake today. In Psalm 23 and verse 5, it says this. That He has prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Yeah, there's enemies everywhere. But understand this, that he's under the table. Why? Because he's under your feet. So right in the midst of your enemies, right in the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to be afraid because God has prepared a banquet for you right here and right now. And that is part of your inheritance. I like the message translation of verse 5. It says, you serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. Right in front of fear. Right in front of condemnation. He's given you a six-course dinner. And it goes on to say, you revive my drooping head and my cup brims over with blessing." Did you know this? When your cup is brimming over with blessing, that is overflow. We sing about living in the overflow. How many of you are living in the overflow? Now here's the difficulty. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes God has a hard time getting his kids to come to the table. You ever had that experience as a parent? Well, God has the same difficulty sometimes. I don't know why. Maybe it's because of condemnation. Or maybe it's because of a lack of faith. I don't understand how God can prepare a table, a six-course banquet in the presence of our enemies and some people hesitate to come. I don't understand it. Now, I want to encourage you, don't be shy. You're not shy when you go to a buffet. Are you? You know. They have all sorts of buffets down south. They have lubies. They used to have a lot of buffets open before COVID and stuff. But I have seen some of your plates in some of the meals that we've had here in church. I've seen some of your plates in our dessert fellowship. And it ain't just one piece. You doubled up, baby. Some of you tripled up. Amen. And when you go to a place like Hometown Buffet, you got to pay. You got to pay a pretty good price to eat all those portions. The good news about God's dinner table, it's been bought and paid for. What is on His table is free. So don't be shy. Come on. Don't be shy when I'm preaching the Word of God to you. 
It's all right to show a little expression. You don't have to look at me like you just checked out. It's time for you to check in. Don't be shy to say, Amen, Pastor. That's good preaching. Don't be shy to, don't be shy to lift up your voice and praise God. When there's a dance in the house, don't be shy to dance before the Lord with all your might. When the praise team gets anointed and the, the, the anointing is flowing, don't be shy to say, yes, amen. When Brenda gets up and says it's time to shout, don't be shy to shout. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. And so it is with God's table. You're able to partake. You're not unfit. He qualified you at the new birth. You're a child of God. You belong at the table. Hallelujah. What's on the table? The children's bread's on the table. Pass the healing. There's platters of peace. And I love this one. Brenda loves it. There's jugs of joy. So come on. Come on in. Step on in. Step on up. And come to the table and eat. And don't leave anything on the table. Don't leave anything on the table. You know what that's like. Thanksgiving. Man, that turkey's going to be picked on. You're not going to leave anything on the table. No cornbread left. Huh? No mashed potatoes and gravy left. Uh-uh. No pumpkin pie left. Come on, somebody. What's your favorite dessert on Thanksgiving? Somebody help me. Pecan pie. No pecan pie left. No? You're coming to the table and you're going to eat. And you're not going to live anything on the table. Now, they did that in the Old Testament in Joshua chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. It says, And the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh, and they set up the tabernacle of the congregation there, and the land was subdued before them. And there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes, which had not yet received their inheritance. And Joshua said to the children of Israel, How long are you slack? To go and to possess the land which the Lord your God gave your, gave your fathers. Watch this. The land had already been conquered. Their full inheritance was available to them. It included all of their covenant benefits. But seven tribes were slack. Do you know what the word slack means? The word slack means lazy. It means slow to move. Well, I don't know whether the Lord wants me to have this or not. And I'm just unworthy. I don't know whether I can come to the table. No, no, no. We need to be quick. We need to take what belongs to us. In the message translation, it says, How long are you going to sit around on your hands? Putting off taking possession of the land that God has given you. In the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 says this, That you be not sluggish. That you be not slothful. That you be not lazy. But imitate those who through what? Who through faith and patience, what did they do? In other words, there were some promises that Abraham needed to inherit. It's something that belonged to him. He said, I have made you the father of what? I've made you the father of many nations. But there were days that it looked like it wasn't going to happen. Have you had days like that? Well, God is saying to us today, be diligent. Don't be sluggish. Don't be lazy. But keep your faith active and patiently endure. 
And if you will do that, you will tap into and you will receive the inheritance that is promised to you. So what does that mean, don't be lazy? Part of not being lazy is keeping your faith active. And one way that we keep our faith active is by continually, continuing, continually making faith declarations. Amen. 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 Not just when the pressure is on, but continuously making faith declarations, declaring what God has said concerning your life on a daily and a consistent basis will build a strong foundation of faith and trust in your heart. And then when the pressure comes and when the squeeze is on, all that will come out of you is what the Word of God says. Amen. How many of you know that what's on the inside of you is going to come out of your mouth? You see, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaketh. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth is going to speak. And so whatever is in your heart is going to come out of your mouth in abundance. And so you need to make sure then that you're making the right deposits into your spirit. Making the right deposits. How do I make the right deposits? I live for Him. I read His will. I speak His will. I act on His will. And His will will be done in my life. What's on the inside is going to come out on the outside. What do you have on the inside of you? What are you putting in there? Huh? What are you placing on the inside of your heart? Well, I watched 10 hours of television yesterday. Well, how many of you know that the edge of night cannot help you in your difficult day? Let his word abide in you. Let it dwell in you richly. Don't be slack. But be a follower of those who faith, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. We're the heirs of God. We're joint heirs with Jesus. We're co-inheritors with him. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said glory to God. Rise up. Rise up at once and possess your inheritance. Boldly stake your claim. Boldly claim and proclaim what is rightfully yours. Say it boldly. It's mine. I have it now. It is mine. I take it right now. Anybody ever been... In any trouble since 2020? You faced any difficulties in the last few years? Raise your hand. Some of you got two hands up. Some of you got two legs up. And your toes are wiggling. We've all faced trouble. And the enemy will try to shame you because of that. Anybody ever failed a test? I've failed some tests before. Amen? But instead of getting down on myself for failing a test, I choose to fail forward. In other words, I get up. Some of you need to get up. Because the enemy is the author of shame. He will try to make you feel as if you are a failure. As if you are less than the least. Well, I got a word for you. Some of us this morning just may need to claim and proclaim double for our trouble. Anybody interested in claiming double for your trouble? Some of the things you've been through? We're going to proclaim double today. Since, well, you better give me a verse. I'm glad you asked. Isaiah 61, 
and look at verse 7. Let's read it together. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double and everlasting joy. I like that part. Instead of confusion, what will we do? We will rejoice. We will rejoice in our portion. Amen? And in the land, we're going to possess double. An everlasting joy shall be ours. Double for your trouble. I got double vision right now. I'm not talking about naturally speaking. I'm talking about spiritually speaking. Right now, I've got double vision. Double. Everyone say double is doable. Now, we've increased in attendance somewhat since 2020. Thank God for it. But we're about to double. Double, double, double. Double attendance. We're not talking about people that we've lost. We're talking about people that we're picking up and people we're gaining. Amen. Double attendance. Double salvations. Double miracles. Come on, somebody. Double people being filled with the Holy Ghost. We're doubling up. We're doubling up in our faith. We're doubling up in our vision. We don't see anything else. We are seeing double. We've got double vision. And some of you need to get double vision for your life. Double vision for your business. Double vision for your entire family. Come on, somebody. Double the souls. Double the people being filled with the Holy Ghost. Hey, come on, it's harvest time. And last but not least, I'm declaring double finances. Anybody get happy over that? Amen. Say with me, double the finances. Double. Double. As heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus, I proclaim the double over your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every person in this auditorium, stand up right now. Glory to God. Say with me, I'm an heir of God. And I'm a joint heir with Jesus. You know, sometimes I get so happy, I like to do the double dance. Amen. I can feel today that your faith is rising. So let's say this together as Brenda comes along with me. Say it with your hand lifted toward heaven. Say, Father, today today, I receive receive my full inheritance. inheritance. I receive by faith faith everything everything that rightfully belongs to me me through Jesus' sacrifice. Now lift both hands toward heaven and say, I receive my full inheritance based upon me being an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. I claim it all and by faith in this church, we declare double. We declare double. 
Double souls being saved. Double the miracles. Double the infillings of the Holy Spirit. And double the finances. And for my life, instead of shame, instead of confusion, I receive the double. The double blessing. I'm coming to the table because God has made me able. Amen. Glory to God. Yep. Hallelujah. Well, before we continue to rejoice, I want to lead you in another exercise. If y'all could pull up Psalms 126, verse 1 through 6 in the message. It'll just take a few moments, but we're going to receive our inheritance and our blessing by faith. We already confessed it, but there's something else we can do. Psalms 126, verse 1 through 6 in the message. It seemed like a dream. Too good to be true. When God returned Zion's exiles. This is us today. We laughed. We sang. We couldn't believe our good fortune. We were the talk of the nations. Mm -hmm. God was wonderful to them. Well, God is wonderful to us. Hallelujah. God is wonderful to us. We are one happy people. Yes. And now, God, do it again. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives. Yes. No, we're not going to be dry, drought-stricken any longer. So those who planted their crops in despair, I yes. know there's been a lot of planting, but now it's time to do this. We'll shout, hooray, or yes, at the harvest. Yes. Now, this is the part we're going to exercise today. So those who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing with arm loads of blessings. Arm loads. Pastor started out his message with us receiving our inheritance. So right now we're going to all put out our arms like this and just see it full of the blessings of God. Let's start laughing at the arm loads of blessings. So heavy we can't contain it all. Arm loads Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. One more 